What's up, friends? I'm so excited to be doing a diet series for you. So I'm going to be covering intermittent fasting, keto, touching on paleo, and intuitive eating. Yes, intuitive eating is now a fad diet. Isn't that crazy? Um, But I want to cover all those for you guys in the next few weeks. So just wanted to give you a heads up. That is where I'll be going. If you guys have any specific questions or thoughts or want to know anything in particular, shoot me a DM on Instagram at JessBrownRD. Um, or you can post it, tag me. I love the discussion. I love the conversation. Super excited to dive into these topics with you guys over the next few weeks. And my goal with each of these topics is not to give you a yes or no answer, but rather to give you questions to ask yourself to help you navigate the information. Because I want you feeling strong in your decision. And it's irrelevant of what decision your friend, your best friend, your mom, your sister, the girl on Instagram makes like you've got it figured for you because guys everybody's different everybody's body's different everybody's capacity their situation's different and it's really important we acknowledge that when trying to navigate this information so my goal is to help you do just that if you listen to these podcasts and you're like I want to know more Jess I really need to help figure out my own nutrition philosophy and this stuff for myself guys I'm taking on about two clients per month so March is here. I've got a little bit more space. Shoot me a DM. I'll send you my coaching menu. I would love to walk with you personally on that to help you guys get this figured and stand solid in your own nutrition philosophy, personally, proudly, and uninfluenced by all of the noise out there. Let's turn that noise down and help you get it figured for you because ultimately you live in your body and you got to be comfortable there, girl. All right, intermittent fasting. This question is something I get almost daily. Just do you recommend intermittent fasting? Recently, a pretty famous celebrity referenced her ability to intuitively fast. And then that really rallied the anti-diet army. They pushed back saying that those two words should never be used in the same sentence, let alone something that uh, supports one another because fasting is in no way intuitive. So as per usual, we have a nutrition topic that has pros and cons, and the opposing sides of the spectrum has created a lot of noise, and we're left unsure how to navigate the information. It's like, what are we supposed to do with all this? So today, I want to turn that noise down. I want to help you settle this question for you once and for all. For those of you that are thinking, okay, Jess, just jump to it. What's your answer? Do you recommend intermittent fasting? Just like how I answer every other question about food and body is, it depends. (laughs) Today, it isn't black or white. It isn't yes or no. Rather, it's a conversation. I have some of the potential benefits and the potential risks that are associated with intermittent fasting. We're going to pull some of the research that's out there. I'll talk about firsthand accounts of my clients, some of the stuff I've personally experienced, and then I'll give you guys some questions to help you walk through this information and determine if intermittent fasting is something that is right for you. At the end of the day, ladies, you are in charge of you. I am in charge of me. We are only in charge of our own selves. I don't care what the celebrities say. I don't care what your in-shape cousin says or the girl you follow on Instagram. You live in your body and no one else. And learning how to navigate this information, filter it through your values, your capacity, your body, your story, that's what we're going to be doing today. Super stoked about this topic, hoping it clears up a lot for you guys. Ooh.
What's up, friends? Welcome to the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. It's time to finally break up with dieting and choose to live boldly and unapologetically in that bodacious body of yours. If you've had enough of your inner awesome being eclipsed by body hate and you're drowning in that sea of nutrition info out there, girl, I made this podcast for you. Become the healthiest and most energized version of yourself through confidence, food freedom, faith, and body empowerment from science-backed nutrition and energizing foods with a little wiggle room. Because who doesn't want a side of donuts and a little wine does the body good? (laughs) I'm Jess, a body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I believe that when we stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat, we can finally live free in our own bodies. Are you ready to channel your inner awesome at a whole nother level? Grab a cup of coffee or lace up those running shoes and let's dive in to today's show. So I was first introduced to intermittent fasting when my husband came home. He'd listened to, he's a huge fan of the Joe Rogan podcast, and he'd listened to the Joe Rogan podcast who had someone on that was talking about intermittent fasting and the potential, you know, promises that it has. There's a lot of claims out there that come with intermittent fasting, like improved focus, improved gut health, weight loss, fat loss, um, fat loss with lean body mass maintenance. So lots of like high stakes promises. And he came home asking me about it. And so I did what I normally do, which is like nerd out on PubMed and go look at all the research that's out there. And at that point, There was very, this was a few years ago, so there was very, very few, there were very, very few studies on humans. It was mostly in rat models. And I'm just a big believer that, yes, that's where we start in the research, but we are not rats. So we have, you know, (laughs) like lives and kids and families and social interactions. And those are all really important components to when determining what kind of diet to follow. So I decided not to do it at that point. And my husband decided to do it. Well, it was great for him. I mean, he he actually lost quite a bit of um, body fat. He improved his running capacity, which was super cool. And he said he felt great. So I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. Let's try it. So I tried it for like two days. Oh, I was so grumpy. I hated it. <laughs> it just wasn't for me. I remember thinking like waking up going, I'm so hungry. Why can't I eat? You know, it just, it irritated me. So it wasn't for me, but it really worked well for my husband And I think that sheds this light on this whole topic is like every person is so different, even within a family unit. It's like we have to really filter this information through our own body, our own story and our own capacity. I believe knowledge is power. So I want to break down some of the information that's out there about intermittent fasting, what the research says. Okay, before we dive into the research, let's get clear about what intermittent fasting is. Intermittent fasting is essentially time restricted feeding window. So it's a shortened eating window. It's putting time restrictions on when you eat and when you don't eat. And there's different durations that people fast. So sometimes there's a 12-hour fasting period, a 16-hour fasting period, something called the warrior fast, which is a 20-hour fasting period, and your eating window is shortened to only four hours. There's alternative day fasting, which is like eating for five days, fasting for two days. There's a 16-8 protocol, and this one's probably the most common, is in which people fast for 16 hours and reduce their eating window to 8 hours. So I want to start by looking at some of the possible benefits from intermittent fasting or some of the things that are promising in the research. 
and why I think it's gained so much traction. Number one, intermittent fasting is really simple to follow. You know, it's, it's one parameter, eat within this amount of time. And, and depending, again, on which intermittent fasting protocol or pattern you're interested in following, like that's one parameter. And simplicity is something that we know is really, it's a huge advantage when you're trying to change your diet because it can be overwhelming and it can feel like a lot. So the simplistic model of intermittent fasting is part of why I think it's so attractive. A lot of the research has shown that for short-term duration, so I'm talking like 6 to 12 weeks, there's a really high adherence rate, like 96 to 98%, which is almost unheard of in the diet world because most of the times diets are so restrictive and so like just detail-oriented and it's hard to fit them into our lifestyle that we can't maintain them. So intermittent fasting seems to be a little bit different in this sense. There's no caloric restrictions within the eating window, which is something I really like. And then even beyond that, there's no good or bad food. So in other words, if you have an eight-hour eating window, there's no parameters on what you're supposed to eat or not eat within that window. And it really doesn't reinforce like the the good food, bad food, attaching a moral compass to food. And that's another piece of intermittent fasting that I can appreciate. So some of the research that I think has really pushed intermittent fasting to the forefront of our discussion, it's really interesting, but I want to say most of all the research is in rat models. And I think that's really important because we are not rats, number one. And we have so many different layers to our lives, to our psyche, to our emotions that I think it's interesting to look at the the research in rat models because it definitely gives us insight as to what's happening in our bodies physically, but it doesn't layer on the emotion or the social component of food. And I think that those components are just as important when we're trying to make health changes as the physical. So I just want to give that disclaimer before I dive into some of the possible advantages that are showing in the research because they are in rat models. So in humans, we have this balance of hunger and satiety hormones. So our hunger hormone is ghrelin and our satiety hormone is leptin. And these two hormones work in opposition of each other to help regulate our drive to eat and our ability to feel satisfied and satiated. So leptin is the hormone that actually gives us that decreased drive for food. It increases our metabolism and it slows our hunger. What we've seen is that over time when we eat beyond our body's needs, let's say we binge eat, we emotionally eat, a leptin resistance can occur. So that satiety hormone doesn't get through in the brain as sufficiently as it does in someone who hasn't been overeating. And so that can be problematic. Well, some of the research in rat models has shown increased levels of insulin and leptin sensitivity in rats. So some argue that intermittent fasting can help repair that leptin resistance that can present when an individual has been overeating for a period of time. And that's huge. So I think that's a big draw towards intermittent fasting is this idea that it might correct or help us to rebalance some of those hunger and satiety hormones. There have been a few studies looking at humans showing a reduction in serum cholesterol, triglycerides, and markers of oxidative stress. Also looking at intermittent fasting in individuals with type 2 diabetes, they're showing some benefits. Again, I think it has to do with that improved insulin sensitivity. So some of these things are really intriguing. I think the most intriguing part about intermittent fasting, to me at least, is 
the potential impact it has on our microbiome. So in short, our microbiome is this extensive network of bacteria living within our gut. And so we have a symbiotic relationship with this bacteria that lives in our gut. It's really cool. So like when we eat food, we're not only feeding our body, we're feeding like our little pet gut bugs in our in our stomachs. And they can produce things that, so that those bacteria produce metabolites that can either be inflammatory or productive and supportive to our overall well-being. That is microbiome in short. I'm going to totally do a whole podcast on that, but <laughs> that's your your microbiome in 10 seconds or less. So this microbiome has a huge impact on our overall health. And some of the research, again, in rat models has found that there might be some benefits from giving the gut a rest period from eating. So taking kind of that time off. And the way I think of it is like, you know, when we exercise, we give our body a break from exercising. We have rest days. And it's kind of the same idea with our microbiome. It's like if we give it that space between eating, our gut bacteria has own circadian rhythm and it gives it space to pause the digestion of food and it has a fermentation cleaning process and it can may amplify some of the good bacteria within our gut. There was an interesting study that looks at looked at rats who were given salmonella and they found that the rats that were fasting did not display symptoms of salmonella compared to the ones who were not fasting. So there's been some interesting things, and that's the part of intermittent fasting that really has piqued my interest, and it's something I'm going to continue to read up on because I know we're just scratching on the surface there. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention about intermittent fasting, this one, I'm not going to put this under the pros list because I actually think this is more on the cons, but this is something that our culture is arguing as a benefit to intermittent fasting. The research is showing that people who participate in intermittent fasting do decrease their overall caloric intake, some as much as up to 30%. And that makes sense because if you're restricting how much time you're going to be consuming food, chances are you're going to decrease your caloric intake as well. I don't find this to be a positive, and here's why. So I'm going to shift over to talking about some of the the negative implications or maybe some of the risks that are associated with intermittent fasting. Most women... It's estimated as much as 45% of women do not eat enough. So we are already operating in a caloric deficit. When we layer a time-restricted eating window on top of the low intake we already have, we really put ourselves at risk for low energy availability, which I did a whole podcast on that, interviewed one of my favorite local physicians. So check that out if you haven't. I think it was episode Uh, nine, but we really put ourselves at risk for nutrition insufficiency. So where our culture is arguing, hey, this is great. We're restricting the time in which people eat. For those of us that aren't eating enough, that can be super dangerous. And I think most women fall under that category. Guys, I can work with women all day long, every day, and most women, regardless of their weight, do not eat enough. So I just think already as a female, it's something that's a little bit dangerous because we've got to make sure we're eating enough first and foremost. Some of the other risks or cons that would go along with intermittent fasting is that the research, although it's limited in humans, there is some, but most of it is on men. So it hasn't really transitioned onto females yet, which is super important because our hormones are totally different than males. I mean, we, you guys know that. <laughs> Our PMS week shows that to everyone. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to notice that women's cycles impacts their hunger, their sleep, their temperature, and their mood maybe a little bit. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm totally in my PMS week. And every single time I hit this week, 
right now it's like I have these two days where I just I just give up you know I'm like I don't know what this life is and I'm gonna throw on sweatpants and a big sweatshirt and I'm gonna crawl into a Netflix hole for a couple days like it's inevitable but now at least I know that that's my pattern and when those days come my husband's so sweet he just helps around around the house lets me have my space you know I don't say anything mean to anyone and then I emerge a day and a half to two days later, a really nice person again. <laughs> so I digress. But seriously, our hormones impact our overall person. And so to think that that's not going to have an impact, you know, that our food and intermittent fasting might not be associated or harm or influence that is just crazy. So we need to see what the research actually says about intermittent fasting in females. So they have done just a little bit of research in females specifically. So one of them was in, again, in rat models. But this is super interesting. This was looking at some of the more extended fasting windows, so like 24 hours of fasting. But they they found that when female rats fasted for 24 hours or more, it actually shrank their ovaries. So we know it does have an impact on female hormones. They also looked at postmenopausal women. So this was actually in humans and found that, again, those extended fasting periods increased fat gain specifically around our abdomen in postmenopausal women. So again, this is going to be so different for women as opposed to men because some of the research in men is saying, hey, this improves fat loss and actually helps you maintain lean body mass, which is exactly what happened with my husband when he was trying out intermittent fasting. You know, and then I did it and I was just hangry by 11 a.m. There's also another study looking at intermittent fasting in both men and women, and they found that it increases parasympathetic response in males, but increases sympathetic drive in females. So in other words, this is increasing like the rest and digest function in men and the fight or flight response in women, which which totally validates the different experiences my husband and I had with intermittent fasting. He felt great. He felt more rested and I felt angry and agitated. One of the other potential risks associated with intermittent fasting is that when we restrict our time that we allow ourselves to eat, we may set ourselves up for that restrict binge cycle. And this is really where I've seen a lot of problems with it present in the people that I've worked with. So for example, I had this one gal who was doing the six-hour eating window, and it started off great it really, she was really intentional with the meals she was having for that six hours. But then over time, and it was interesting, it was during her PMS week, she tried to stick to that six hour window, but her hormones were high. Her metabolism was actually cranked up because your metabolism increases about five to 10% during your PMS week. Hormones were off, you know, feeling emotional. You guys, you know, all the stuff feeling like me on my give up on life days. And she, um, she ended up like binging in that six hours because it was kind of like that last supper mentality where she thought, okay, I have to be done eating by six o'clock. And I know I've been waking up hungrier, so I'm going to just gorge myself. And she, you know, there are no instructions with what to eat within that six hours unless you set them specifically for yourself. So she was just gorging herself on high sugar, high carbohydrate foods, which really set her up to feel worse and then she was waking up hungry because hormonally she was hungrier and not allowing herself to eat until noon and then as soon as noon would hit it was like you know she was just eating crazy combinations of foods and eating beyond what her body needed and what's interesting about this is like the stomach if you think about it it's a muscle and so it's going to grow or contract depending on what we eat so with her 
during the time that six hour window she was eating, it's like she was getting as much food as possible in her stomach and that would stretch her stomach out. So over time, especially after her PMS week, she found that her stomach capacity felt larger and she felt hungrier. Um, And again, it could have been because she was overeating in those windows and she stretched her stomach out, or it could have been that she actually, on the other weeks, when she wasn't overeating or due to increased hunger, she wasn't eating enough. So I think that's an example where it really didn't fit her and she didn't bring in that that layer of flexibility. And that's where intermittent fasting, I think, and where it does start to fall into like the fad diet bucket is when we look at it so rigidly and we forget about flexibility because we, we're humans and we have things that are going to come up, whether it's the PMS week, which yes, that's a valid reason to be flexible or your kid's birthday party, or you're going to have a date that's going to be outside of that eating window. I mean, all of these things are important to consider and be flexible about. So one of the things I really appreciated when my husband was engaging in intermittent fasting is that he wasn't so rigid that he didn't eat with the family. So he would he would follow his time-restricted feeding windows only when it didn't impact us. So if we were having dinner at you know 7.30 at night one night because we were all working late, he would not stick to his intermittent fasting window. He would just not do it that night and have dinner with the family because that, guys, there's more research to show the value of eating together as a family than there is to support intermittent fasting. And so we've got to really weigh, you know, what what are we cutting out of our lives when we put something like intermittent fasting in the picture? Interestingly, as I continue to read about the research on this, there was a study I came across, again, in rat models, but nonetheless, it validated what my husband was doing. The study compared two groups of rats, those that engaged in intermittent fasting every single day versus those who did it kind of more sporadically, so like two to three days a week. And they found that the benefits within their gut microbiome were the same. So in other words, you don't have to follow it rigidly. If you're looking for some of that gut health benefit, it could be something that you just do when it's convenient and then let it go on the weekends or when you're working late. You know, it could be something you just pick up and put down when it's convenient. Oh my gosh. Okay, I almost forgot. This is one of the areas of intermittent fasting I find super fascinating And it's really more in like the sports nutrition, functional nutrition realm. But being a female and being a female that likes to exercise, I really value protein intake. And protein intake is something that I intentionally work on with my clients. As women, we tend to lose more muscle mass the older we get. And I feel that. I mean, I felt it at 30. I felt it past 35. I'm feeling it more and more. So being intentional with my protein intake is something that is just personally important to me. But there's some really interesting research looking at like, is high protein intake really something we should be after because it does cause inflammation. So went down this whole rabbit hole. For those of you guys who don't know what blue zones are, they're um, areas in the world where people tend to live longer. And so there's a lot of research looking at blue zones and their lifestyle and what they eat. Like, what's their secret? How do they live longer, healthier lives? Well, one of the things they found was that blue zones tend to have a lower protein intake. And they found that high protein intake is associated with more inflammation and possible shortened years of life, which, you know, is bad news for me because, like I said, I like protein. I like how my body feels when I'm more intentional with protein. When looking at intermittent fasting, they found that that rest period may overshadow some of the inflammation or may negate some of the inflammation that comes when you have a high protein diet. So 
really interesting stuff, but again, all rat models. (laughs) So something that we need to be aware of is this information that's out there, but we got to figure out how do we navigate this for ourselves. Typically when I give these talks or I, I dive into research, I still get the question at the end like, Jess, but will it help me lose weight? So in short, I will tell you that most of the studies that I've read, I've read this more than I've not read it, is that intermittent fasting does not improve weight loss compared to just calorie restriction. So And it may actually promote weight gain because of the binge restrict cycle that it may encourage. So in short, it's not a faster paced road or path to weight loss. But that brings me to these questions that we can ask ourselves to help us navigate this information, weigh the pros and cons, and decide, is this something that I want to be doing for myself for overall health? So number one, what is your motive? If your motive is that quick fix weight loss switch, Guys, I got to tell you, that just doesn't exist. I mean, if it did, it would be in a pill and someone would be a multi, multi multi-billionaire because so many people are looking for that. But don't you think it's interesting that people are looking for it and it doesn't, it hasn't come to fruition yet? I mean, to me, that says it just doesn't exist. And I shared with you guys in, I think it was the second podcast, Free Yourself from the Scale Part 1. One of my clients that has had the most amazing success with weight loss, she lost over 150 pounds. There was nothing magical about it. It took her a year and a half. It took her consistency, patience, focus, forgiveness, grace. And her motive was not to have a quick fix weight loss. Her motive was to improve her overall health. So The first question you can ask yourself if you're trying to decide, should I engage in intermittent fasting is one, is this a quick fix for weight loss? If the answer is yes, guys, it's not going to get you there. So let's not even go down this road. And I think we've got some more work to do before, before you try this out. Chances are, if that's the reason you're interested in it, it will eventually backfire. The research on those individuals show that it it promotes weight gain. And I've seen that firsthand. I'm thinking of this one gal. She did it for two weeks and she was pretty rigid with it. She did lose weight in those two weeks, but after two weeks, I wonder if it's when her PMS week hit. (laughs) That's really what I'm wondering. I don't know, but I would imagine, I wouldn't be surprised. But after the two weeks, she ended up gaining all of the way back and then some. So it just feeds into that yo-yo cycling, um, that lose weight, gain weight. And we know that that is more dangerous for your heart, for your internal organs than just holding on to the weight itself. So if that's the motive, we've got some other work to do first, and then maybe we'll come back and revisit. Maybe we could lay some more foundational behavior changes like fruits and veggies and protein, you know, the non-sexy stuff, <laughs> and, then, and then come back to this idea of intermittent fasting. So the second question you can ask yourself is, does it stress you out? Since we know that it probably increases sympathetic drive in females, and we already have a hard time getting 100% of our nutrition needs, does adding a time-restricted window on top of that make sense? Like, is that something that is going to add health to your life, or is it going to add stress? And if it's going to add stress, guys, there's no need for that. I want this to be your permission slip that you don't have to try it, I don't care, again, what your Instagram influencer is saying, what what's Gwyneth Paltrow said on Goop. I mean, if that worked for them, great. But if it adds stress to your life, it is not worth doing. That's the diet culture stuff that says you have to engage in something 
and ignore your body and ignore your response to things. No, no, no. You are in charge of you. You live in your body. If it adds stress, don't do it. The third question to ask yourself is, do I have the capacity to do this at this point in my life? So what I mean by that is take a look at your lifestyle, your work schedule, your family setup. Is it something that is going to fit into your life to, again, add health gains and improve your overall health? So if you have a family, it might be a little trickier because then you're, you know, you have to consider all of their schedules. And again, we know family meals are more important in the long term and have proven to have so many more benefits than intermittent fasting at this point in time. Are you breastfeeding? Are you pregnant? I mean, all of those things are definitely going to impact your hormones and it's probably not a good idea to add intermittent fasting on top of that. Are you working nights? Are you working days? I mean, what's going on with your work schedule, your spouse's work schedule, your roommate's work schedule? I mean, all of those things are important to consider if adding in intermittent fasting. So do I have the capacity to add this in my life at this point in time? The fourth and final question I want you to ask yourself is, what do I hope to get out of this? Like, what's my end goal in adding this? And is it worth it? So going back to question one, I mean, if the motive is quick fix weight loss, I mean, we've debunked that. Chances are that's probably not going to happen. So again, adding this restriction onto your life may not serve you. If it's improved gut health, hey, there's some interesting research out there. We, it might be worth looking at. If you have a really high protein diet and you're wondering if it'll combat some inflammation, okay, might be something to look at. But know the motive and what you're hoping to get out of it and be really clear about that. Don't be one of the followers that is just doing it because it's trendy. Oh my gosh, that reminds me. (laughs) There's Jimmy Kimmel. He does these like street smart questions. One of my favorites, you guys have to Google this. It's a, do you follow a gluten-free diet? And so he goes around on the street and he asks people, do you follow a gluten-free diet? And most people answer, they say, yes, absolutely. I eat gluten-free. <laughs> well, then he follows it with, what is gluten? And it's, it's amazing. People don't know how to answer it. So like one girl says, oh, yes, absolutely. I follow a gluten-free diet. And when he says, what is gluten? She says, well, like, I don't know. It's like a, something like in, in bread. You know, she sounds so silly. <laughs> it's kind of sad. And then another guy, he says, uh, yes, absolutely. I, I don't eat any gluten. Um, everything I eat is gluten-free. And when they ask him, what is gluten? He says, uh, I'm not really sure. My roommate's trainer read a book and told us about it. So guys, this is what we want to avoid. We want to avoid being a part of, you know, the rat pack that just follows whatever someone else is doing. We want to know why we've decided to do it and feel confident in that decision. So what's the motive? Does it stress you out? Do you have the capacity? And what's the benefit in spending your energy engaging in this eating pattern? Does it benefit you and is it worth it? For me, the only piece of it that I think would be beneficial is this potential of decreasing the inflammation associated with a higher protein diet. Like that's interesting to me because I do eat high protein. So, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to try to implement this kind of like my vitamins. How I am with vitamins is like I take them, you know, when I want to and then when I don't, I don't. I don't sweat it. It's more of a safety net. So I kind of thought maybe I'll try that with intermittent fasting and doing like a 12-hour rest period. (laughs) I said that in January. It hasn't come up. Like I just haven't done it because life is so busy and life is so full. Whether it's my husband and I decide to stay up and have a snack together, whether it's I'm making 
uh, I make vanilla steamers with my boys sometimes as a a good night snack, which is it's steamed milk with vanilla and cinnamon sprinkled on top. <laughs> so they're so yummy and cozy. So like those come up. I get up early and I exercise. And I know that exercising on an empty stomach is not ideal, especially for women. We need that glucose hit in the morning. So it just hasn't fit into my life. And that's okay. So I want you guys to know that even if you answer all of those questions and you land at, hey, maybe this is something I should try, but there's a part of you that doesn't want to, that's okay. You get to decide that. What I hope today is that you have taken in some information about the potential benefits, potential risks. And you're able to settle that within yourself so that no matter what you hear on social media, in the news, you can just take that in as information. You can read it, appreciate it for what it is, but know that you've made the decision for yourself, for your body and your capacity. And if you want to pick it up at some point, you can. And if not, you don't have to. Ladies, you live in your body. I hope you feel comfortable in it. And even beyond that this week, I hope you're able to navigate all the information about intermittent fasting and just feel really secure in your decision to do it or not do it. And then, you know, let other people do their thing. They live in their body. They get to do, they get to do their own thing too. But we can stand firm in our own decisions knowing we are doing everything we can to take care of ourselves. Hope you all have a wonderful week. Until next time, cheers and happy eating. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope today strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you're interested in working with me virtually, please shoot me an email at jessbrownrd at gmail.com so I can send over my coaching from you. And if you like today's episode, please take a minute to head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, to leave a review and subscribe. Ladies, can you imagine how much better our world would be if women everywhere were free from diet culture and misguided nutrition advice and have the ability to step into their full potential wow if you have a girlfriend in mind that you know is amazing but she's held back by food body or diet culture hangups please join the mission and share this episode on your social media or with your friends don't forget to tag me at just brown rd i cannot wait to chat with you babes next time until then cheers and happy eating